0: Hey, welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Tim Page-Botter, your host today. Summer's here, and that means Sheila, she's going to get a reprieve from KP duty as I man the grill. <laughs> I, I know, that sounds terrible, right? Um, literally, though, she's going to probably be taking some breaks, and uh, that's fine, because I like to get out and grill. So I thought it was a good idea to put our Safe Start skills to work, both in the kitchen and outside at the grill. And according to the NFPA, that's the National Fire Protection Association, outdoor grilling, it causes an average of 10,000 home fires. And gas grills cause more home fires than charcoal grills and any other grill. So whether you're inside or outside cooking, it's essential that we do the best that we can to avoid sometimes, literally, the line of fire. So we're going to start outdoors, and the first thing you need to realize is that your grill, it probably hasn't been used in a while. So here's a checklist for you. Check to make sure that there's not a critter inside your grill. Maybe they kind of created it as a home. And just a quick inspection so that way you can ensure they didn't leave anything behind, like a nest or something like that. And when you're grilling outside, try to grill away from structures, maybe at least three feet away from any combustibles like a building or a wall. That's a good rule of thumb. And so for charcoal and gas grills, they're designed to be used outdoors. However, that NFPA organization, great organization, they report that more than one quarter of those home fires are started by outdoor grills being used inside, like a courtyard, a terrace, or even 29% of those are started on an exterior balcony. So... Pay attention to like overhanging tree branches and things like that. When you set up your grill, make sure that your grill is also stable and you want to set that grill up on a flat surface. I don't know if you can remember, but back in the day when we had a grill cooking outside of an apartment building, we found bricks and stacks of wood. And anyway, we tried to make it stable, but nevertheless, do your best to put it on flat surface um, and make sure it can't be tipped over. And consider using what we would refer to as a grill pad or a splatter mat. Put it underneath your grill. It'll protect your deck. And if you're on a patio, it'll protect your surface. So before your first barbecue of the season, check to make sure that your gas hose, make sure it's not leaking. And when you're turning on the gas, don't forget to check the valve, all the connections. And if you smell propane or you have a propane leak, uh, the solution will bubble itself. So you've got solution they can add to it. Um, and other signs of a propane leak, they actually include the smell of gas. And I, I hope you know this, but safety professionals, that smell of gas was added. Mercaptan, it was added to propane. All right. So if you smell it, it's likely that the propane is leaking. And if you encounter a leak, your safest bet is just to turn a propane off. Now keep your grill clean. <clears throat> you gotta remove any grease or any fat buildup from both the grill and the tray that it's holding the, the, that fat. And if you don't know how to do a deep D-clean, YouTube University is probably the best thing to do. I know there's plenty of those videos that are out there because I watched one recently. And a pro tip, once you're ready to cook and the grill is hot, half of a lemon is actually a wonderful cleaner and a quarter of an onion will give you a, your grill a no-stick surface. So if you're using a gas grill and the flame goes out, turn the grill and the gas off, and then wait at least five more minutes to reignite it. That'll give you kind of a chance to make sure that there is no leak. And now using the term eyes and mind on task, if you're doing that around the grill, never leave a lit grill unattended. And don't allow kids or pets to play near your grill. Try to establish a three-foot safety perimeter around the grill or the barbecue area and never try to move a lit or a hot grill. And remember that the grill will stay hot for at least an hour after you're done using it. If you decide to use a charcoal grill, and I know there could be arguments all day long about a charcoal versus propane grill, but still, if you decide to use that charcoal and you're only using charcoal starter fluid, that's the best way to go. I'm not going to say go out there and grab gasoline because that's not what you should be doing, right? Anyways, if you're using a charcoal grill and you decide to use the correct starter fluid, um, if the fire starts to go out, don't sit there and squirt more starter fluid or any other flammable liquids like gasoline before. And wear the right clothing. Now, clothing, it can catch on fire easily. So be sure your shirt tails and sleeves, if you're using an apron, those strings themselves, don't make sure they don't hang over the grill. And long baggy sleeves, they just kind of get in the way. It's not a good look. Um, Mostly, if you're outside grilling, it's likely you're wearing a tank top or something that's, you know, way away from the flames. But in general, tops that are fitted, sleeves or no sleeves, make sure that it works out best for you. And be ready to put a fire out and like have baking soda on hand or something that can control the grease. And if you got grease that goes on fire, Um, never use water to put out a grease fire, especially if it's blazing. If you pour that water, it's just going to spread the grease around. Um, And yeah, you can actually look at uh, YouTube videos for that as well. All right, now that we're done outside, let's head indoors. Now the kitchen itself has been considered the heart of the home. And whether you're an expert chef or just a freezer to a microwave type of person like me, um, the kitchen, it's still itself, it tends to be where everyone wants to congregate. So things like children running around and families hanging out, that island that you have in the kitchen, that's probably where most people hang out. If it's like mine, that's where we like to just spend our time. So think about specific things like a dull knife. And that's more likely to slip and cut you than a sharp one is. And keeping your knife sharpened is one of the easiest ways to keep them safe. Now, a simple fix is to use a knife sharpener to maintain a keen edge on that blade, but also choose the best knife for the task at hand. In other words, using a meat cleaver to slice strawberries, not the best idea. We all want to avoid washing extra dishes, but this is one area, trust me, in which you shouldn't take shortcuts. I don't know if you remember, but cutting corners creates two new ones. Same thing happens in the kitchen. Using the same cutting board for meats, fruits, and vegetables is a surefire way to get something like salmonella. That's that invisible line of fire that Larry often refers to. To avoid cross-contamination, the USDA it advises you to use two cutting boards, one for raw meat, poultry, and seafood, and another one for fresh fruits and vegetables and even bread. If you must use the same board, it's safest to chop fruits and vegetables first, wash your cutting board thoroughly with soap and hot water and then prep your meats. You would think that that's a given, but you know what, people forget. And do your best not to forget. And it's important to wash your hands in hot soapy water before you're cooking and of course to avoid further Spreading of foodborne illnesses, be sure to clean all your surfaces, especially that sink. If you've got raw meats and eggs and things like that, keep it clean. Try not to go barefoot. Always wear uh, close-toed footwear while you're cooking. Um, Not only will that uh, close-toed shoe protect you from falling sharp objects, but it'll keep your feet safe from other kitchen mishaps like broken glass. Hot water children running around with legos i think you know the deal now according to the nfpa there are also roughly 172,000 residential cooking fires in the united states each year in fact cooking is the leading cause of fires and injuries that occur in our homes so be sure to always have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen and know how to use it as fast as you can or as fast as you can act Learn how to deal with different types of fire, such as grease and electrical fires, and never put them out with water. Instead, extinguish them using baking soda or even covering it with a pan cover. A fire inside your oven is best put out with an extinguisher, and a microwave fire can be extinguished just by turning off the appliance and keeping the door closed. So when cooking, make sure that the pots and the pans and the handles, all of them, are turned toward the center of the stovetop. That way, it's hard to bump into them. And if you got a child running around, like most of you do, you don't want them to bump into that handle either. I want to share a story with you on the importance of this panhandle thing. I actually had a customer, let's call her Lisa, who walked into a workshop and she was missing her forearm up to her right elbow. So I was kind of curious how she lost it, but politely I didn't ask. I didn't have to wait long, though, because... As we went around the room talking about past injuries, Lisa said, I bet you're wondering how I lost my arm. And then she proceeded to tell us her mother was cooking and her mother had the pan handles pointing out at the time. Lisa was five years old and was curious and grabbed the handle and it turned that scolding grease on her little arm. Her sister knew one thing that her mom did not react well when things like this didn't go right. So Lisa's sister decided she would hide the third-degree burns under her coat. But they tried to save the arm, but it was too late. If the girls would have spoken up immediately, who knows? They might have saved that arm. As a father, I could not help but think of little Lisa and what kind of horrific trauma she must have endured. From that day until this day, I always turned those handles towards the center of the stovetop. What Lisa's mom did, quite inadvertently, was create an environment where it wasn't okay for those girls to speak up and call what we call psychological safety. If you suspect that this environment has crept back into your home or at work, I did a podcast back on that in January of 2022. Check that out. Psychological safety. So when your covered pot, it's been simmering away, hot condensation it forms on the lid. To avoid getting dripped on, angle that lid away from you when you actually lift it up. Same goes for stirring. I don't know if I said that right. Stirring, steering, stirring. I always get in trouble when I say creek or crick. Or sometimes when I say it's a grease fire, it's grease. <laughs> I know, it sounds funny. Grease. I have to work on that. My Midwest accent is uh, coming out. So when you're steering, make sure you always steer away from your body so that way you don't get splashed by those bubbling sauces. Make sure you're using the right utensils as well. I mean, non-stick pans are safe to cook with. However, metal utensils can flake or chip that protective coating. So this can also in turn mix toxic compounds called PFAs into your food. So a better solution, if you're gonna use non-stick pans, maybe wooden or plastic spoons. Don't use extension cords. I mean, you can obtain a junction box that is built in with a GFI, um, that's a ground fault interrupter. That'll also allow you to plug in space um, and the GFI itself will kick in if there's a power shortage. It also helps avoid water and electrical shock problems. Put a child proof lock, not only on the cabinets, but with your medicines and cleaning supplies, but also maybe on your oven. And if you're handling knives, always cut away from your body. Use a cutting board. Protect those countertops. Keep those blades sharp. I know it sounds funny, but when they're sharper, you actually raise your awareness. But at the same time, it'll help you cut through the product, whatever you're cutting with or through. Keep your knives clean. And don't put knives in a sink or a soapy water. Like if you got a bath of soapy water, you put those knives in there, somebody sticks their hand in that bathy water. Wash and dry carefully, keeping sharp edges away from your hands. Always lay them flat, never on the back or edge. Don't attempt to catch a knife as it falls, leave it. Better yet, hopefully you've got the right shoes on, like as we discussed before. Wash knives with warm soapy water after each use. And if you don't want to run them through the dishwasher, remember, put those knives down. Quick shout out to Kevin Cobb, our producer. Um, I remember Kevin talking about, when he was teaching his children about the dishwasher, you'd always have to explain why the knives went down and eventually while the forks and spoons went up. And so having that explanation to his children is something I'll never forget. So frankly, there's just too much to keep in mind when it comes to cooking indoors or outside, but you have your safe start skills. So keep your eyes and mind on task, never stop working on those safety related habits, And thank you for spending time with me and remember to share this episode. Until next time, I'm Tim Page-Botter for Safe Talk with Safe Start. We'll see you down the road.